0: What's God trying to do? You good? All right. He might be leading you somewhere. Okay. <laughs> Welcome, you guys. Hey, happy Saturday. You guys, good. I look. Um, Jess and I. Uh, uh, if you, Jess and I just got back from a fun little trip, we got We're getting better at uh, getting out and, and doing rest time with our family. Um, so we were out in uh, we were in Florida for uh, a week little friends reunion trying to connect with friends that we used to be that we haven't seen in a while and uh you ever have one of those times when you're you're believing you have the word of faith that traveling is going to go well that the airplane ride is going to be you're just it's just you're gonna like honey i just feel the lord on this flight this is going to be really good and we have four kids two under two we have a one one one-year-old named mia and I got to tell this story. I think I'm allowed to tell the story. Um, stop me if it gets disgusting. But so we're we're believing with the word of faith that this is going to be a really good flight. And so we're going from LAX to Atlanta, then not down to um, Florida. And we take off, and uh, I don't know, maybe 30 minutes in, uh, maybe an hour, and I don't know. But uh, Mia, our little one year old, begins to projectile vomit <laughs> all over the plane. <laughs> all over Jessica, all over herself, and the surrounding seats, and it smells horrible. So that's the first thing that happens. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm just trying to make your lives look really good right now, okay? All right, just just receive. Um, keep going, here it says, with the baby in his hands. So Jessica, and this is also to really honor my wife, Jessica. So she gets this cleaned up. She's amazing. We change the clothes, all this stuff. It's, uh, it still doesn't smell good, but you're like, shh, shh, you know, you're putting all the fans on. By the way, I've got my two-year-old next to me that won't sit still. And um, about another 30, 40 minutes go by, and, uh, and the first blowout happens. And little Mia has the, uh, the, the blowout from the other side. I'm going to save you some of the details. Needless to say, five hours later and ten diapers later, ten. Do the math, all right? Do the math. How often we had? so, <laughs> you know how many diapers we brought with us on the plane and we thought we overpacked? Ten. So we're about to descend, we're about to descend in Atlanta as Jessica begins to, just fastens the very last one that we have and we begin to Pray. Like we've never prayed before, so <laughs> anyway. But the trip's not over yet. We've got no more diapers, and we're in Atlanta Airport. So, have you ever bought diapers in the airport? I haven't, and uh, I'm not sure they sell them in the, in the Anyway, so we. I think Delta felt sorry for us, and they they said that we might have a couple in the office, and so they went and got us two. And uh, we we in one of the gates, we finally found them. But I tell you, they don't sell diapers in most of those places. Anyway, that was our trip down there. <laughs> So I hope you feel good about your trips. Um, anyway, it was a lot of fun. I might share a story, another story, if I get there in my message today. Um, uh, let me pray. After that story, you probably need to pray again. Lord, I, I thank you, God. <laughs> oh, Father, we love you. I love you, God. We love you, God. We love you, God. Father, we, we look to you you are the one where our help comes from, God. I pray that you would just speak to us through the word, through this message, and just, just through your Holy Spirit. Wherever people are at, God, I pray that you would touch them. That you would touch us, God, and that we would be changed forever by just one word. God, one word would change everything for us, God. So would you, would you release just a beautiful place in our hearts to just know you better today. Amen. Amen. Okay. Uh, if you want to turn there now, I'm going to be hitting up Genesis 22, if you want to start there. Um, uh, one thing I want, I want, I want to kind of set the stage a little bit, maybe I'll just give you the cheat code for today. Um, what we're going to be talking about today is, is uh, really what my heart, my heart, if you don't know me, if you haven't been around me, but one thing is that. We're all very unique. I can tell you what, what Micah burns for and Melissa burns for and Carly. But one thing that I burn for is not just pastoring a church. I actually one of the things that I just I just I think about way too often is how do we make strong Christians that, that never falter? How do we how do we become the kind of, of, of sons and daughters of God? that are so secure in who he is in our lives that the devil can throw anything at us and we look at him smiling because we're on a mission. And so I I don't know about you, but I get tested throughout the week and and I'm I'm always learning, I'm in training. And so God's just been speaking to me a lot about this idea of his character, what he is like and putting faith and hope and trust in his character. And so we're gonna talk about being anchored in his character. Are you guys ready? Now, and I, and I, I want to say that ahead of time because if you haven't figured this out, this is a very big deal. This is a very big deal to, to, to know what he is like. David said, David said that, he said, I would have despaired had I not known what God is like. I would have despaired had I not seen the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. David's, it's like he's saying, I would have fallen apart had I not known that he was good. All right, and so we're going to jump into this a little bit today. So Genesis 22, I'm really excited. This is, I felt like the Lord was showing me a picture that I'm going to, today I'm just like a, a bazooka, and, uh, and he just he, God said just don't, don't, don't pull any shots, just go for it, don't, don't even, don't look back, just go. So we're going to go. Are you guys ready? Um, I don't know if you need to take notes or what. I, I'm hoping, I was praying on the way here that the Lord would make this very um, uh, digestible, Um, I pray that anytime we speak that the words are digestible. You ever get a a word that you're like, that's powerful, I don't know what to do with it. Right? So I always pray, Lord, would you make my words digestible that we'd actually, the nutrients would get to us. All right, so Genesis 22. This is the story of Abraham and his son Isaac. Most of you guys have probably read this multiple times. And we're just going to read it again because we're going to grab something out of it. All right, I'm going to read it. We're going to go until, uh, I think around uh, verse 14. You ready? Everybody say, I'm ready. Say, I want to digest this. Say, this is going to be organic. (laughs) All right. Now, it came about after these things that God tested, say tested, tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. He said, take now your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains which I will tell you. Right now Abraham, I'm not sure what he was thinking as a father about getting this request from the Lord and this wasn't the first time God spoke to Abraham. Abraham had a history, a relationship of walking with the Lord. I'm just trying to help us read this a little bit. So verse 3, so Abraham rose early in the morning. He didn't wait, and he saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. And he split wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. And on the third day, Abraham raised his eyes and saw the place from a distance. Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey, and I and, I and the lad will go over there, and we will worship And return to you. We will return to you. I want you to catch Abraham's countenance in this. He was told he's going to sacrifice his son, right? He's gonna lose his son. And yet he tells, he tells these the two men that were with him, we'll be back. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son, and he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So the two of them walked on together. Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father. And he said, Here I am, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said this. He goes, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. So the two of them walked on together. Then they came to the place of which God had told him, and Abraham built the altar there, and arranged the wood and bound his son Isaac, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, "Abraham, Abraham." He said it twice to make sure he didn't miss it. And he said, "Here I am. <laughs> I'm listening." He said, Do not stretch out your hand against the lad and do nothing to him. For now I, have, I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Then Abraham raised his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the place of his son. Abraham called the name of that place, The Lord Will Provide. As it is said to this day in the mount of the Lord, it will be provided. And it goes down a couple verses. In verse 18, the angel says this to him. It says, basically saying, because you did this. It says, in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Now Let's take a step back here. Um, Abraham, Abraham had a promise. He had a promise, and and this promise was essentially named Isaac. Remember, Isaac was his only son. As it says here, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love. Isaac was the promise that that God was going to move through Abraham for generations to come. And so Abraham's God has promised with him, and as they walk, he hears the voice of the Lord. Now, Abraham is literally following the voice. He's following what God is doing. He's, he's basically obeying the mission that he's on with the promise in his hand, and then he gets to the altar, and he's still willing to do it. But even, even, even on the way to the altar, he's still believing, we're coming back. And why does he do that? Here's what I believe, you guys. I believe I, I never saw this until I was reading it recently, but I believe that Abraham was, was, had a greater faith in God's character Than he did in in the promises that he was given. I believe Abraham thought about this and he says, I know who God is. I've walked with him, I've sat with him, I've I've prayed with him. I know God is not going to let this happen, even though he knows that there's a that this was the voice, this is the mission I'm on. Does that make sense? I like to say it this way: Is is that is the character of God better known to you than his promises? Are you able to rest in his character? When his promises are at risk. And I, and I want to tell you guys, his promises are always at risk. Because we live in a world, because we don't, we, we, we don't understand his ways. God is, How many of you guys have a promise from the Lord? Maybe it's a prophetic word. Maybe it's just a, a, a verse over your life, something. You've got a promise from God. Raise your hand. You're walking with something right now. Amen. That's amazing. I, we're supposed to walk with the promise. And yet many times that promise gets gets tested, doesn't it? And so when it gets tested, are are you able to rest in his character? I was thinking about Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11, you don't have to go there, but it's, I'm going to go there. I want to read a piece from there. But listen, Hebrews 11, this is the the, the faith chapter, right? And this is where it actually says that Abraham is is the father of faith. And so it lists a whole bunch of fathers and mothers of the faith what's interesting about this chapter is if you know is it is it goes through all these 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 famous historic christians and it basically says that they 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 had all these promises but most of them never got to see them and yet they still had faith they had faith in the promise was going to happen but they didn't get to see it happen does that does that make sense why does that matter for us because what Hebrews is lifting them up for is he's, they're not celebrating these men and women because they saw the promise happen. they're not saying, "Look at these great Christians and the testimonies of the promises." they're saying, "Look at these Christians that they didn't falter in faith." they're saying they're, they're basically they're raising up these Christians because they knew God and they knew what He was like, and they didn't falter at all. they kept obeying his voice, even though the, the, the promise was at risk. Does that make sense? All right. I'll just read this, um, 1139. It says, all these, all these things, they basically list off all the names, Jacob, um, what do we got, Rahab, we, we, there's just so many people, Moses, all of these having gained approval through their faith, Did not receive what was promised, but God had provided or foreseen something better for us so that apart from us, they would not be made perfect. These guys were examples for us to recognize that we're not judged on whether we see these promises fulfilled. what, What causes the maturity to rise up in us is how we walk through the trials in the midst of all the things that we're hoping for. Does that make sense? All right. Proverbs 3, 5 says this. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not in your own understandings. Trust in the Lord. Trust in who He is. I'm going to be honest. I, I tend to trust in um, things that I can see. I tend to trust in, uh, in like just my history. And so I think oftentimes we trust in uh, in what He's done in the past. I think that's okay. But I think there's a higher value here because in the moment, when you're in the fire... You don't always know what's going to happen next. I know some of you guys, I know some of the trials you're walking through, and they're hard. And in those moments, listen, I've got kids. Every now and then my my daughter says this, God, are we, or Dad, are we safe in our house? I want to tell her, like, of course we're safe. We live in a crazy safe neighborhood. But I also know the very, the last, don't tell my daughter this, the last known gang in Costa Mesa is on Mendoza I live on Mendoza found this out in a little pastor's meeting a guy basically told me the history of Costa Mesa and he starts telling me how the last the last gang in Costa Mesa there's only one left there used to be a bunch of them I'm like yeah it's off Mendoza somewhere and I said wait are you serious they're like yeah like you know I'm not Baker I'm like oh I know where Mendoza is I live off Mendoza and so my daughter is saying are we safe and I'm a good dad, right? So I'm saying, honey, of course we're safe. Come on, the Lord is with us. Like, of course we're safe. And yet, there's a part of me that is that has experienced tremendous loss when the Lord promised something that I know. Like, well, how do I know? How do I know we're not going to have a break in? How do I know that we're safe? I, I don't. Nothing's promised to us. Listen, you. I don't know if Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego thought they were safe, but they got wrapped up pretty quick. And yet, and yet, even if they're not safe, they trusted in God. And so I didn't tell my daughter there's a gang a block away. I pray you don't either. Um, but, and I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried because I am safe. I, I've got the Lord protecting me. But you got to. Here's what I know after living what 43 years. And I've been a Christian for maybe 15 or 16 of them. And I I just know that, man, I've prayed for a lot of things that don't happen the way I think they're going to happen. You guys ever done that? You guys had hope that felt like it kind of disappointed you? And yet the Bible says hope doesn't disappoint? What do you do in those moments? That's what I'm after. that's, That's what I'm after, you guys. And I... If I, can, if, I can, if I can sow seeds into us, I'm after a community that, that, it, that will never get our hopes crushed because our hopes are not in the circumstances of the promise. Our hope is in the one that promised them. See, when things get hopeless, how do we stay hopeful? We recognize that the love of Christ is poured out in our hearts. And if that's true, then, then what could take us? I'm, listen, I've already died to this world. What could, what could harm me? And so this place of trusting in who he is, his character. And so when my daughter looks at me, I'm thinking to myself, God, are you good? Oh, you're so good, Father. Lord, you're so good. You keep us safe. Lord, you hide us. You hide us, right? And so the says the, the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run in it. Like we are protected. We're in a stronghold of God's goodness. And so I, I know that we're going to be okay. And even if we're not, you know that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they, they said the Lord will deliver us. And then they said this, and even if he doesn't. <laughs> Does that mess with the word of faith? Does that you can't say he won't. You've got to say, you've got to be certain. You've got to be full of faith, Shadrach. <laughs> you, can't, you can't doubt him for a second. But even if he doesn't, we're not turning. We won't worship any other gods. I'll have no, every other lover must fall away. You get it? This this is maturity. This is what he's trying to build in you. This is what we're after, you guys. I know we're after miracles. We're after salvations. But listen, listen, if if you're a puddle on the ground because you're disappointed God wasn't the God you thought he was, you're going to be no good for salvations and miracles. Do you get me? Listen, you need, to be, you need to be so certain in his goodness and his kindness and his faithfulness that nothing will shake you. I didn't finish the, the scripture. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understandings. That's just not your understanding of the situation at hand. That's your understanding of who he is. See, we think we know him, but we don't really know him. And yet we know him. You get what I'm saying? We know him. But you don't know how this is going to play out. Just like those those three young boys didn't know how it was going to play out. But they didn't need to because they knew him. They had him. And they were willing to put any promise at risk to follow him. So then it goes on. It says, verse 6, in all your ways... I'll do the whole thing again. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. And in all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. That word submit to can be translated, acknowledge him in all your ways. It's also, it's the word, it's it's the word yada in Hebrew. It's the word yada. And yada, literally, it's an intimate knowing. It's no. Know. It's an intimate knowing him. So it's literally this: in all your ways, intimately know him, and he will make your paths straight. Isn't that cool? I love that our church name is Presence. I just love it. You know, there's, a set, there's, two, there's two church plants. One's about to be launched. There's two church plants that actually said, hey, can we name our church Presence? I love what you guys are doing, and I just think that's the perfect name. And they said, we, we want to make sure our church is centered around God's Presence. I just think that's cool. I don't know that we have anything we can say anything about that. It's God's church. But I just think it's cool. And I think this is the heart of what we're doing. It's why we name the church presence. Because we could name it. I, I don't want to name names. But we could name it anything else. But I love that we name the church presence. Because this is what we're after. Okay. In all your ways... Know him intimately, and he will make your path straight. What does it mean to know him? The Psalms 103.7, it says, it says he revealed his ways to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. That word ways, New Living Translation, is, actually translates ways, character. So you could say it, he revealed his character to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. And so for, for the Israelites, God showed him what he'll do. But to Moses, he showed him his character. And what did Moses cry out for? Lord, show me your face. And, and, and so, so the Lord took Moses, he, he hid him in a cleft of a rock, and it says he passed before Moses. Do you know what it said? It said it caused his goodness to go before him. See, this is what Moses needed to see to keep going on his journey, to press through the desert, to lead these millions, these, these irritable people that wouldn't stop complaining and this is what this is what kept him going is that Moses knew God's character, and His goodness. Um, I'm going to share a, a kind of a silly story just to illustrate this one more step. Is that all right? We got some time. Um, so, and forgive me; it's not super deep, but it's 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 me. All right. So we we uh, we, we were on this trip to Florida, and uh, if you, I took up spearfishing last uh, last August. And um, I personally needed a hobby because I wasn't resting. I wasn't refreshed very well. I just, I I had a sabbatical in July. And on that sabbatical, I decided to try some new hobbies. You guys got some hobbies? I got a new hobby at spearfishing. And I just, for some reason, it just clicked for me, and I love it. And so I've just been going. I watch spearfishing videos all the time. I love Jesus more, I promise. Um, But I was just, it's just on my mind all the time. I literally pick, uh, anyway, so yeah, I'm all the time. So we're getting ready to go to Florida uh, the Gulf side, and, I'm, and I start looking at videos, spearfishing in Florida. This is like a month and a half ago I started watching these videos, you guys. I am so excited. It's just, I mean, all I could think about this, and if you'd ask Jessica, was Jesse going to, um, to, to dive, uh, spearfish, or was he there for a family vacation, I think I know what she would tell you. Um, I... I we got there. I, was, I had to borrow. I borrowed Martin's like massive like bag, and I stuffed it with all my gear. I had 15 pounds of lead weight in my carry-on bag. I, I hefted through airports. I'm committed to going diving, and I'd already. I had called ahead. I'm on Facebook for one reason only, because there's spearfishing forums there. And so, uh, and so I reached out to the guys out there, and one of the guys said, "I'll take you out. Let's go." And so I am stoked. This is the Lord. I just I feel like the Lord's just like Jesse. We're going, and, and I just feel this pleasure over me. Well, Some you ever get his pleasure? I just those moments when I know his pleasure is on me, I'm bulletproof. And so, uh, and so we go we get on the airplane. We're there. We're like three or four days. We're like a block or two from the beach, and my buddy's Airbnb, and it's just beautiful. We're just so much fun on the beach, and uh, all I'm thinking about is Monday. Monday, I get to go diving. Monday, it's gonna be awesome. And we planned everything else around and made sure Jess got all the little outings that we were gonna to do together and all this stuff. But Monday was my day, and she was excited for me. She was rooting for me. And so, <laughs> so, anyway, so Monday, so uh, Sunday rolls around, and I get a text from the guy that's gonna take me on his boat. And he, sa- and he says, Hey, go ahead and park to the left of my car there. It's gonna be fun. We'll see you at three. And I said, Well, well wait a second. No, it's Monday. I'm, we're going Monday, not today. And he goes, no, no, you said, you said Sunday. I've, I already told a guy he couldn't go because you're coming. I feel horrible, and I'm also a little angry, and I'm also a little mad at him because he messed this up. <laughs> and then I realized it was actually my fault because I said something. Wrong. It, it doesn't matter. It's too long of a story. It's my fault. Let's just put it that way. It's my fault. I miscommunicated something, and I'm mad. And I said, Well, and I hear the Lord say, Be kind, Jesse. This is a text message. And I just said, All right, no problem, no problem. Let me know if tomorrow opens up. And he goes, Well, tomorrow I'm already booked. I've got, I've got all the guys in. Well, well let me know if one cancels. He goes, That's probably not gonna happen. They're all local guys, they don't cancel. <laughs> and so I'm just like, Lord. <laughs> your promises are at risk. And, I, and so I'm sitting on this couch because Jesse was out getting groceries and I'm staring at this pile of gear that I lugged from, uh, from all the way from uh, Orange County up to LAX to Atlanta Airport to Florida Airport. Oh, I'm just like beside myself right now. And so I'm sitting there and I feel like the Lord just say, you're gonna be okay, Jesse. You're gonna be okay. And, I, and, and honestly, he's been forming in this me. So it kind of came out. I love that it came out because it means I'm growing. And, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I just felt like the Lord, I just felt like this desire to humble myself in the presence of God. To humble myself. Say humble. To humble myself. This is why God loves humility. Because when you're humble, you're teachable. When you're humble, you can hear his voice. When you're prideful and you think, God, this is not right. You said this and da, da, da. And I kind of wanted to text him and say, I'm going to be on that boat tomorrow in Jesus. No, I didn't say that. But I wanted to. I want to be like, the Lord loves me a lot, so I'll be there tomorrow. No. But part of my charismatic upbringing wanted to start making declarations right? Because that's what we do, right? Word of faith. We're people of faith. Lord, and I start marching around. Jesus' name, I'm going to go on that boat. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be Lord. You're gonna, you love me, and so I'm going to be on that boat. No, I didn't do that, and I don't know that it was wrong if you, if you are that person, but in that moment, I felt the, the strength to just sit there and go, God, I know who you are. You're the, you're the one that gives great gifts, you're the, you're the one that loves more than life itself. You're the one that, that holds every spearfishing boat in the palm of your hand. <laughs> Lord, you planned this from the beginning of time, or you didn't. I don't know. But I know who you are, and I, and I can rest in your goodness. See, in that moment, I wasn't concerned whether I was going to get the thing I got, I wanted or not. In that moment, I wasn't a spoiled child that was, that was going to throw a tantrum if the promise didn't come true. In that moment, I was his son, just sitting in his presence, humble, going, God, you are the potter. I am the clay. You are the creator. I am the created one, Lord. If you want me to go tomorrow, that's on you. I will be satisfied in all things. I will give thanks in all circumstances, not because I get the, and hey, Lord, if I lugged all that gear here, so be it. I'll bring it back. It doesn't change who I am, and it doesn't change who you are. Does that make sense? It's a silly story. It is. It's small. I've got way more tear jerkers, but, but it illustrates it so well. <laughs> you have to come next week. <laughs> come to church, people. Go to church. No, just kidding. <laughs> No, okay, so I'll, I'll tell you you asked. So the next, honestly, I, honestly, I even texted Jessica because I was like, somebody, somebody, I have to tell somebody. I had, somebody has to share my misery. They have to, right? Because I was mad, okay? There's no, there's no doubt about it. I was bummed. I was, I was frustrated. I was mad. But I got over it pretty quick because of what, how I, I handled it. So I texted Jessica, and she responds back because she was off doing some of the kids. She says, honey, I just got sick to my stomach. I know how badly you wanted to go. And I really, really wanted to go. So anyway, long story short, um, the next morning we're driving off to a, a little boat tour, three-hour boat tour we took with our friends, and, and I get a text from the guy, and he says, it, it must be your lucky day. We had a slot open for today. I'll see you at 2. Anyway, it was, it was awesome. It was great. It was, uh, it, honestly, it was the Lord. I, I, I'm not saying I laid my son on the altar, okay? You get it? I'm not trying to compare myself here. I'm just saying. <laughs> you, no, I'm not going to go through the story. Listen. It was really deep, all right? I was just thankful I got to the bottom, all right? They, there's no shallow spearfishing in Florida. It's like 70 feet. So the fact that I was able to dive that far, I was, it, was a, it was a win. But I did hit one, he just fell off, sorry. We're not talking about this now, we're not talking about this. This is serious stuff. Now I can't share my serious story. (laughs) All right. So on the other side, so I I love the tensions in the Bible. And part of me, I, I think about all the different angles and what somebody in the crowd might say, but what about this, Jesse? And so I'm thinking to myself, what about word of faith? What about his promises? What about declarations? What about holding on to the, to, to, I, I, was, I, was, I was thinking about this. So I wrote it down. Matthew 21, it says, but, but even if you say to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea, it will happen. If you believe, you will receive what you ask for in prayer. And that's true. See, we're not, we're not called to abandon the promises for his character. I, I, think, I, think, I think he's wrapped up in his... I think his character is part of his promises and vice versa. It's all him. But, but what I believe is, we're talking about is... So I think you're supposed to take the promises. See, the promises are your mission. This is the mission that you're on. The promises says, go and... go. I, I've equipped you with every good work. Go and preach the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Go and do these things. Go heal the sick, right? He said, said, I will heal the sick. All your diseases, all your sickness, by your stripes I am healed. Did you ever pray for someone and they didn't get healed? See, it's not about about the promise. It's not about whether you fulfilled the promise or not. It's whether you held the promise faithfully. And like the Hebrews 11 forefathers, whether it happens or not is not on you because your faith is in the one that gives the promise. But the tension is we're still on a mission. The tension is this faith isn't just for you. This faith is actually for everybody out there and the hurting people in this room. And so there's a, we're on a mission. We're not supposed to just get complacent with the promises and just hope that, that oh, God's going to make me rich or he's going to come through with the car. It's not about that. It's about him. It's about our fellowship with him. And so I want to challenge you guys with a couple things as I close here. I want to challenge you real quick, just so I can get a picture of who's, who's with us now. How many of you guys are in a, are in a challenging time right now? Maybe you call it a trial. Just raise your hand. A Challenging time, right? So about, what, 70% or is this all of us? Just, just curious. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't have a challenge, turn to the person next to you and say, let me help with yours until I get my own. What I want to challenge you guys, because I think this needs to be practical, and so I want to give you something to aim at, okay? With a spear gun, no. Um, and so I'm going to give you something to aim at, all right? And so what I want to challenge you with this week or tonight or whatever, when you go home, I want you to write down this challenge. And maybe you don't have to write it down because it's hitting you in the face, and I want you to sit in that place, and I want you to look at him. And I want you to, if, you don't, if you're not used to looking at God or, you know, feeling his presence, I just, maybe read Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He, he causes me to lay down in fields, in pastures. He, he leads me by still waters. He restores my soul. I want you to sit down. You can read that if you need help with that. And I want you to sit down with him, and I want you to, I want you to connect not with the issue at hand and not even the promise that he'll deliver you because he does promise he'll deliver you. But I want you to sit down and I want you to feel his goodness and I want you to feel his, his character, his faithfulness. And if you're having a hard time connecting with his faithfulness, go ahead and think about the past times that he's come through for you and just start meditating on how good he is. See, David said, I would have despaired had I not seen the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I want to tell you guys, maturity, maturity, being able to stand when the storms comes, it comes from knowing his character. It feels feels simple to me. So if it doesn't to you, I get it. But it feels simple to me, and I just like, God, it can't be that easy. It says, it is, Jesse, because when everything's blowing, are you grounded and anchored in who I am? not what I'm going to do, right? Every one of the apostles died, were persecuted. You think about Paul, walked into Rome knowing, knowing, they prophesied over him that he was going to be bound, and yet he still went. Because he wasn't in this for the good feelings. He wasn't in this for staying alive. He was in it for the mission on his life, and he knew who God was, and so it it actually fueled him to do it. And so I, honestly, guys, my my greatest desire for you guys is that you'd walk through trials feeling victorious. You you may not enjoy walking through them, and that's okay, but I want you to feel victorious, that you walked out of this trial knowing, knowing that you felt strong inside. You know the feeling? I don't know how to describe it but I just, there's moments when I feel strong Okay, I'll in there. I was debating on a story it popped into my head. It was, it was a good one, but Stop teasing,, you're right. I'll say this. Jessica and I, we've walked through some pretty rough things, um, and so it's not all happy spearfishing stuff, although it needs to be. Um, should be, should be. That's fair. Um, uh, we 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 had two really good kids, August and and, and Reagan, and uh, and they were perfect perfect pregnancies. I mean, August was literally shot out in eight minutes once the labor started. It was it was silly. Reagan was pretty similar. I actually she shot out so quick. I actually she went right through my hands into the into the midwife's hands. Praise the Lord, she got her. Um, <laughs> I did not. Um, and so, uh, but after, the, after those two pregnancies, we tried for another one, and, um, and we, we, we had a miscarriage. And then we tried for another, and we got another miscarriage. And we tried for another, and another, and another, and another, and another, and another, and another. And um, it, it's not important how many, because one is too many. Um, and I'll tell you, I, I know from my wife, uh, she's amazing amazing that anyone, any, any mother would walk through more than one of those um, is just, yeah, um, and she gave me permission to share this, but we together, because we, we had to walk through this together, we were faced every single time we got pregnant again, and we were good at it, um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't not, <laughs> oh, you should be in my head sometimes, it's a lot of fun. But every every single time, you guys, and we had, it it was our community walking with us. We had these prophetic words. We had words of no, we had people having dreams about this next baby. We had this check signed, sealed, delivered. We're taking it to the bank. This word is gold. This one's going full term. And then the next one, again and again. We had people giving the names of the baby that we had already picked out, like crazy stuff, you guys. Doctors couldn't figure out what the heck was going on. Nobody had, To this day, nobody had an answer for us. We, we didn't make it past 11 weeks. And, and so each time this happened, by itself, it was traumatic physically. But spiritually, can you imagine what, we were ta- what was going through our heads? But God, what about the promises? Listen, I know you're good, but... I know some of you guys have these same stories, but, and so I remember, I remember, we had, we, I forget which one it was, we got pregnant again, she got pregnant, and, and so, <laughs> and, and we're, 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 we're thinking about do we tell people, these are the things we had to start thinking about, do we tell people, do we get our hopes up, or do we hold this thing like it might break at any moment? And every single time, we just decided, you know, this, we're getting our hopes up. Romans 5, it says, but hope does not disappoint for the love of God. has been poured out on our heart. It does not disappoint. It's, hope doesn't disappoint. Hope doesn't, doesn't disappoint. And we begin to just declare this. And we would come together every single time we were having this child. We were declaring it. We weren't wiffle, We weren't waffling in this. We were believing it. We prayed for resurrections for many of them. And there was a time we stopped praying for resurrection. It was just too hard on us, and that was okay too. But in those moments I felt thinking, God, how does hope not disappoint this time? Are you sure I should get my hopes up? Are you sure? And here's what I learned. I learned that I learned that I was prone to get my hopes up in the promise being fulfilled the way I thought it should be fulfilled. And don't get me wrong, God doesn't steal babies like that. It wasn't the Lord. But he also didn't stop it. And that's a tough thing to come in contact with from a good father. But there's a lot about God I don't know. He is a mystery. But what's not a mystery is that he's good. And that he loves us. And he loves every baby that's in heaven right now. And I don't have to think about that. So what do I get my hopes up in? I get my hopes up that he's a good father. And that if whatever is happening will turn out for good. And so, this is a little tougher lesson to learn for us. It wasn't a, the other story. But I want you to know that to get your hopes up, yes, have hope in the promise that he gives you. Because that, that's what faith is. It's believing what will happen before it happens. It's, it's believing in what is not seen as if it is seen. And that's what being a Christian is about. It's about being a, being, is believing in what, in what we know is true in the Bible. And are you willing to put what you think the promise at risk is to trust in his character more? And so it's attention, guys. Don't drop the promises. Don't stop believing. Don't don't stop praying for resurrection. But also, don't let your hopes die with something that you thought would happen a certain way. A car that didn't get bought for you. A house that that fell through and foreclosed on you. Don't get lost in those moments and lose your faith. Because your faith isn't in the circumstance. It's in Him. And ultimately, the mission isn't about us anyway. This is a breath. And while we're here, let's just get really, really close to God. Amen? All right. Put your hand on your hearts. Oh, We have the prayer team coming up when you get a chance. Father, Father, we love you. Oh. <laughs> Father, we just, I think Micah said it a week or two ago, meditate on his, on his glory. Meditate on him. And this is why we meditate on them. So, Father, I pray that, I pray that, that this message would, would plant seeds in us, God. Seeds of trusting in your character. That your character would become like a mighty oak tree in us, God. That your goodness would be stronger than any circumstance, God. I pray that everyone here becomes 30 feet tall in the spirit. Unmovable like a redwood in a a forest with its root structure just bound up into each other, just reaching for the heavens, God. And I I just pray right now for some of you guys going through some really hard things. I want to just encourage you, don't stop. Don't stop. Keep running the race. Run it like an athlete. Run it like someone that's driven by a promise from the Lord. But also do it while holding fast to God's heart and his and his and his countenance and his presence. And Father, I just pray for our whole community, God, that we would be people that are are more connected to your character than your deeds, Lord. Would you would you reveal your ways, God, and not just your acts, Lord, to us. Just speak to your people, God. I pray you speak to your people. Yeah. Mm. Amen. Amen.